Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Lisa Luca to talk about her memoir, Ashes to Ink. Thank you for joining me, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. I really appreciate it. I am so excited to talk about this incredible book that you've written. Uh, I want to just jump right in and tell us why you wrote your memoir. Well, I think in part just because I always felt like I had an interesting story to tell, but, but I also wanted other people to understand that how toxic family secrets can be and how powerful it is when we reveal them that there can actually be a lot of healing on the other side of that so um and also to point a little bit of a spotlight on lgbtq families and to show how far we've come mm -hmm. even though we think we have so far to go it was so different 50 years ago and um so i wanted to share that story yes it was very eye-opening you know, for me as I was reading it too. So yeah, I could understand why you wrote this. Um, so I really love the title. So Ashes to Ink, talk a little bit about the title it, and the cover is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Actually, I designed the cover. Oh, um, did. <laughs> I did. I, you know, Ashes was always somewhere in the, the title. I had many working titles over the years that I wrote it. And uh, because the the story opens with receiving my father's ashes and um, how eventually this this story evolved into something I would write. I love the idea of combining the ashes to ink and then also the fact that I keep his ashes a little bit in an inkwell uh, was kind of the launching off point when I was coming up with the final title. Yeah, and I thought it was so well done. Not often do I see a memoir, I, I see it like in chronological order a lot, and yours is um, present and past. And I love the interchanging of the, like when you had in the first paragraph of a chapter where you were in life at the point, and then then you went back. And that, that, that was very engaging. It was It was something new. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I started the story with that premise mm -hmm. and it was actually going to be alternating chapters, but that didn't quite work. And then it went away and it was all chronological, but I kept pulling at me to come back to that second graded thread of current day. And it allowed me to tell a lot more of, of the aftermath. Um, you know, we go through grief when someone passes and then there's the aftermath of, of how the roller coaster goes and how the family all are challenged by grief in different ways. Yes, yes. I thought you weaved that perfectly. So um, as you were writing your memoir and reflecting on your journey, um, what has the writing of the memoir taught you about life? Well, first of all, um, the, the power of acceptance, you know, we don't always have to forgive the people that have hurt us in the past, but finding acceptance of what is, you know, and who people are, particularly in a family, when we're not choosing the people that we come into the world with and through, um, 
I think that was probably the biggest lesson and that reflection can be so healing because you get to see your own part in, in your, in your story. And a lot of times, you know, we are part of the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, oftentimes <laughs> that's all of us. <laughs> that's some great self-awareness there. <laughs> Took a so, while. <laughs> I love that idea of accepting and that is, that's so powerful to, to accept what has happened and moving forward. And I think that's a really good lesson to take. Um, the other thing that resonated with me is this whole concept of being a mother and trying to figure out how you're not going to lose yourself in your, your relationships and what you want to do with your life. So I think a lot of women can resonate with this. And so what, what advice do you have for someone who's, you know, maybe, you know, pouring themselves into motherhood and not it, but is really want something else like in on top of that. It's a balancing act for sure. You know, and, and of course, you know, my mother wanted to be a wife and mother. That was what she wanted most. And so my dreams of a big career and seeing the world and all the things I wanted to do, motherhood felt very limiting to those dreams. And so I, my biggest advice is to keep those dreams alive, to, to create something outside yourself, your family, your marriage, something that's just you in the world, whether it's a garden or yeah. uh, your signature meal, even if you're feeding these people, allow the creation of anything uh, that comes from your soul to, to really nourish you and to set good boundaries. You know, <clears throat> that part of it is really hard for women. And I see younger generations like yourself who are are doing really wonderful things in the world. And whether they have spouses or families, they, they have a much better sense of showing up for themselves than, than my generation, certainly my mom's, you know, so I feel like we keep opening those doors a little bit wider all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree with you. And it, you said something that really, was like, aha, to me, there are some women who want to be a wife and mother. And that's, that's what they want to be. They want to be homemakers. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that, to me, is eye opening when I look at some people, some women in my family, or some of my friends, and I'm like, wow, that, you know, that is amazing. That is noble. That is what you want to do. But not every woman wants to follow that path. So no, it takes a really special woman to have that kind of I don't know, selfish, selflessness yeah. in the sense of putting all of their energy, time, passion into other people. Yes. Um, I think it, it, it can go either way. And I think it's important that we continue to promote self-care for all women, whether yeah. they want to be wives and mothers and homemakers, or they have big, huge careers and or juggling both. We, we have to promote self-care. Yes. Yes, I, yes, I agree. So you've lived a very fascinating life. I, I mean, gosh, starting out with, you love the music business and you loved working with bands. And I just thought a lot of what you wrote about 
in your early years and going forward is just amazing. So what what life lessons as you're going through, you know, do you want to share with others? Well, figure out what you love and do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, as I became a life coach later on and in, into my 40s, I, you know, I learned the power of helping other people find what that passion is. It's not always right at the surface. You have to sometimes dig deeper, but I knew that I had a passion for music and for travel and, and I wanted to, to, to see the world from the side of the stage, you know, as it were. And I, I promoted uh, my boyfriend's band in high school and dropped out to, you know, go, I, I mean, I, I had not a, a path you could take today. I don't think you could do what I did in the 21st century, but I, I still think you can take those kind of risks and, um, and, and know what you love, know yourself and know enough to know what lights you up and what is true to who you are. And I think the younger generation, I'm going through some of this with some family members, they feel a little lost, I think. And I, I want to encourage them to find what lights them up, but it, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like, I don't even know where they need to start, you know? Yeah. You know, it's a balancing act in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of people in my generation brought up our kids, you know, my son will be 30 to, to do whatever they want and, and to, you know, find their bliss and their dream. Yeah. I think the piece that's missing though, is you have to start at the bottom. Most of the time yeah. you have to sometimes still do the job that you don't like to get the experience to have the one you want. And I think that there might be this myth for the younger generations that you just launch out of high school or college into your dream job. Yes. It doesn't necessarily work like that. You still have to kind of rise up through experience to get where you want to go. That is excellent advice. And I'm going to have to tell that to my daughter. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't get my dream I mean my dream stuff either until later in life a lot of times it doesn't happen until way after 40 which was a very was resonating with me as well when you said in here how you had a conversation I think it was with your friend Mary where mm -hmm. you talked about after you turned 40 you're like oh my gosh I thought I would be more settled now I thought I would have all everything you know ready and all I, all my dreams met but that's not always the case and that's very profound thank you well it's also truer i think for these younger generations who are taking their time about a lot of things you know yeah. aren't getting married as young are having sort of you know uh starter careers because if the if they don't get their dream job then they're just going to do whatever you know and i think that it 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 life is not supposed to just be easy you know having a challenge yes can be thrilling yes because then when you achieve something you can get really excited about it yes yes oh gosh i i just love this talk so much <laughs> you're motivating <laughs> me you're inspiring oh, me yeah. um so let's talk about the mechanics of ashes to ink um what was it like writing and what what is like was the hardest part of it? 
Well, I, you know, it, any big piece of work, you know, when you get to the middle, it just is so hard because you just feel like you've been doing it forever and there's so much left. Um, I wrote it. Uh, it was much, 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 much longer. And I had to trim actually pieces that will go into my next book. But I, I think, I think using, using that braided uh, time helped me because I could tell more of the current story and cut out chunks of, of the time. There's a time jump towards the end. And, and it, it felt seamless a little bit because we, we know so much leading up to that last scene. So I think for me, it took about seven years to write the book and um, four really working on it all the time, yes. you know, not full time, but, but consistently there were chunks I'd put away for a few months and, and, and my family had, you know, a roller coaster about whether or not they wanted me to write about this. My dad was, was gone, but my mom and my sister had opinions about me writing about them yes. and, you know, being sensitive to all of that. Uh, yet I think that um, the supportive writing community was what got me through it. I am in lots of different groups and I, worked one-on-one -on -one with peers who had memoirs and we'd swap pages and having that kind of support has, has made all the difference as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I just loved it. And, you know, I do, I did, I think when I was reading it, I did come across that time jump. Um, you didn't really go into how you got, reconnected with mark i don't think I th not okay. in depth and and i and I, there was a couple of reasons for that one was uh it sort of took away from the primary story of my healing with my dad and i think once i got to that moment of of true acceptance and forgiveness with him that really that was really the end of the story and then the aftermath of that um and it and it it feels like it's another book so yeah. um it's which I cannot wait to read <laughs> <laughs> well it is in the works I am working on it um this has been kind of a challenging year so far but I'm getting back to it um but it but I I, I really felt like there was enough of him in the story to keep the reader intrigued that he was a character we wanted to continue to remember. Yes, oh, definitely. And uh, the one thing that I loved about the book, because I have the same type of philosophy, is this whole, um, I don't know if you would explain it this way, but the universe, sort of, how the types of books you were reading, um, I, mean, I think Mark introduced you to some of this philosophy, with um, crystal, I think it was crystals, and I caught it where you said, "Oh, one day um, I'll just be living with Mark in New Mexico," and I that just I just went, "Whoa!" You wrote that down, and then you manifested that, and <laughs> I I just love that whole notion. Um, do Do you want to talk about that a little bit about how you your philosophy about? Yeah, yeah. You know, Mark and I call it future pull. Like I wrote that in a journal in 1990 uh, after after a really sweet experience with him, at, in which um, I, 
it was it felt offhanded at the time but at the same time i it was such a knowing right and and we we've spent you know all these years as friends where if we want something you know mark would say well you know put it in an ashtray with a crystal you know <laughs> and and we we have lots of them around the house and stuff but but i think the biggest lesson is we are master manifestors all of us are because what we focus on does grow and where we put our attention does have power. So being mindful about that and, and intentional about that can be so life-changing. And that's, I think at that moment in time, future Mark and Lisa were calling back to me to write it down so that when I was writing this book, mostly about my dad and I'm reading all my journals and I get to the part where it's 1990. So I'm reading that journal and there it is in literally living in California at the same time and having to make a change. And it's just like, oh, we're going to go live in New Mexico. That's where we're supposed to go. <laughs> Made it really easy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, my journal, my past self guided me. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and that's what it felt like. And there's, we, it, there's nothing about this that we don't like. So it yeah. was really quite, um, prophetic. Yes. Um, love it. So what is, uh, one thing you would want readers to take away from your book? Well, there's, um, I, I think taking, taking risks to, to live true to who you are, uh, that sometimes we have to disappoint other people to do that, uh, but that the alternative is always disappointing ourselves, and that's not okay either. Um, secrets can be really toxic, especially in families, and sometimes the risk to speak the truth can actually create a big healing. I was shocked on some level that for all the, the tension in the beginning of my writing this with talking about it with my family, that by the time I'd written it and they read it, it created a huge healing yes. with my sister. Um, and, and so trust your instincts about those little, those little messages that we get uh, and, and write things down. You know, I think Having had the journals that I did to, that helped me while I was doing this, but also to look back at your life and to see where you were in real time is so powerful. You know, I was I was thinking about that because I was I was just thinking that my daughter should start that. I, I have done it, but not consistently. But she's nine, and she's had some big things, like really cool things going on in her life, and I I kind of want her to capture that feeling in the moment. So I think that is wonderful advice. And also what I loved about you, your personality that came through in the book is how you laid it out there for the relationships. You told your truth. Um, and I think you, like you said, you were true to yourself, even if it meant, I don't know what the, maybe going against somebody else's truth, or I don't know how to explain it, but I, I felt like that was so good that you were able to talk about what was bothering you. 
in a relationship? Yeah, I, you know, not for everyone, I guess, but for me, it's really hard to, to not speak up and the times that I didn't and tried to conform to someone else's expectations, I ended up being miserable. And then I would make everyone else miserable because I was miserable, you know, and I think that that part of it is really important for, for us, especially as women, you know, to, to talk about how we feel about things. And, and I wanted my son to grow up knowing who I am and not pretending that, you know, this is how the world is to actually see relationships in real time and see them begin and end and, and to see, you know, what it's like to, to be in a family and have, have differences of opinion. So um, I think, yeah, speaking the truth is really important. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So what are you doing now? You, you mentioned life coaching. I still, I'm still coaching. Uh, that's been my primary um, uh, occupation, as it were, for the last 20 years. And I really love that I've been able to help so many people figure out what they care about and how to live the life that they want um, and create the life they want, the one they have. It's really cool. Uh, and I've toured with rock stars and it's even cooler than that. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I have taken a bit of a break, uh, from writing. Uh, my mom was quite ill and, and recently passed. So, um, I haven't been writing much, uh, but, um, I will be writing her eulogy this week and, um, I want to do it as much justice as I did my dad's and, um, so for me, I think the next thing um, will not necessarily get back to my book, but I'd like to write a, a modern love column and submit that and uh, yeah. about my story with Mark and, and have that out there uh, yeah. as I'm writing the bigger version. Yes, yes, that sounds wonderful. And I'm sorry about your mom. Um, you. That's tough. And that's wonderful that you get to write her eulogy. And yeah, I, I love that part about you writing your dad's eulogy as well. Thank book. you. I, you know, I really, I really struggled about whether or not to include the whole thing in the book, you know, but I felt like because it was in scene and I was internally experiencing the words while I was saying them, it felt, it felt like cutting any of it didn't feel right. So I just, I just left it as part of the story. Yeah, I it was perfect. It was perfect to the story. So, so this one about Mark, is that a book that you're going to write? Cause I have, I have the next question is, will you write another book? So is that the one? I will write another book. Um, it, I really will write our love story. There's a lot of things that were happening in the background. Um, Mark and I actually, wrote emails to another for 10 years. A few are sprinkled into Ashes to Ink, uh, but there is another book that we wrote together and published called You Are Loved, an email memoir. And uh, it's our literal emails to one another for 10 years. So oh, that's you might have to take a look. <laughs> yes, I think I'm gonna so take that's a look. already out in the world. That's been out there for some time. And then I, I am writing uh, our story and, and how especially 
love over 50, when we literally got together later in life, uh, can really be a beautiful experience and, and how you uh, blend your lives when, you, when your kids are already raised and, and you're making the decisions that go into the later years and, and have the person you're with standing with you in, in some of the harder times like right now for us. Yeah, great. I'll, I'll be looking forward to that book too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So where can people find Ashes to Ink? Well, it's on Amazon and all of the places you find books. Uh, if you want to get it from your local bookstore, you can go to bookshop.org and uh, order it. And pretty much anywhere books are sold. And uh, same with um, You Are Loved. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa. This was such an incredible conversation. Ooh, I really appreciate having this time with you today. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.